0: Welcome to Grad Chat, your opportunity to find out about graduate research here at Queen's. My name is CJ the DJ and I'm your host for this week's Grad Chat. Of course, a show like this cannot happen without the support of the School Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs and the CFRC. So thank you very much to both of them. Now, if your mates miss the show at any time, you can download a podcast the next day on either iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher. So, no excuse not to hear what our awesome students and postdoctoral fellows are doing. Now, of course, this is our second show for the year. Last year, we sort of gave you a bit of a, an overview of what we're going to be doing on the show. And even this show is going to be a little bit different from before, because usually it's just talking about one of our students' research and things. But today, I would like to introduce you to Dr. Carolyn McRae, who is the Educational Developer at the Centre for Teaching and Learning, and Clarissa De Leon, who is a PhD candidate in education, but is also uh, the Lead Education Development Associate at the Centre for Teaching and Learning. Welcome to Grad Chat, Carolyn and Clarissa.
1: Thanks so much for having us. Thanks, Colette.
0: Yes, let's get started. So what is the Center for Teaching and Learning at Queen's and who's it for and why? I mean, I guess the big part there is why.
2: Yeah, so I guess I'll get us started. Um, The Center for Teaching and Learning, we're an academic support unit on campus and we really support all educators in, in whatever their varying roles are at Queen's. So that's anything from faculty that's tenured faculty adjuncts but postdocs teaching fellows teaching assistants and any grad students that have a teaching role on campus so a pretty wide variety of of people come to the center Um, and we talk about all things to do with teaching and learning so your ta ship and maybe questions you have around that uh, course design um, strategies for what you might do in the classroom but as well as your professional development and your growth as an educator
0: So that's a lot. Anything you want to add there, Clarissa? Because you're coming, you know, you're helping there as a current grad student.
2: Yeah,
1: so I'm an education development associate at the Center for Teaching and Learning. And so the demographic that I work with are graduate students and postdocs. And so in regards to all the services that Carolyn just mentioned, you know, specifically, I'm looking at people who are potentially new educators and their professional development, which could mean a variety of things about what does it mean to be a TA, you know, if you are a teaching fellow, what does it mean to design a course and and all those pieces in between of like what does it even mean to do professional development as an educator. So, so it's pretty it's a pretty wide scope and what I say is that if you have any questions about teaching in general, then we can help
0: That's lovely. And I guess it helps, uh, Clarissa, because you are in the education department (laughs) and you've got a a big background in teaching already. Do you think that sort of helped you (laughs) along the way and makes makes you a perfect person to work in this area?
1: I don't know about perfect. (laughs) I'm always growing. I mean, what's interesting is that, you know, I do have... You know, at this point, I said it out loud for the first time a couple of days ago, it's, it's my 10th year teaching. And that's between teaching elementary school, middle school, and now in higher education. But this role has been completely different in like what I do as an actual educator. And I think it's because the setting is different and the people that I work mm-hmm. with is just vastly different. And so, um, you know, yeah, I, I have a background, but it's also been great learning
0: for me as a graduate student. Which is great. And so, Carolyn, you did your PhD in anatomy and cell biology, but your master was also in anatomical sciences that combines teaching and research. Was that background of learning both areas the impetus for you to want to come and work at the CTL?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And, and my master's, I really did focus on teaching. And I think that was where I started to think about teaching in higher ed as a of a pathway for me. Um, So as a PhD student in anatomy, I took a part-time job at the Center for Teaching and Learning as an Educational Development Associate, and I've grown from there, and I've continued to work at the Center, where my goal was to continue supporting grad students with the same type of support I received uh, as a grad student visiting the Center.
0: And I think uh, in in my own role in the School of Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs, I've... I've, uh, worked with both of you a lot <laughs> which is really good running workshops for us outside of what you normally your normal programming and things and of course we're going to be getting on to some of those major programming that you're going to be doing a bit later in the show so that's going to be really important now you both work as in the education development area and um called education development associates type thing it's a very fancy word what does that mean? Because there's lots of different areas in CTO. Because, Clarissa, you're working more on the BIPOC side of things, correct?
1: Um, Yes, that's part of my research. So so my research is on, um, you know, the experiences of black indigenous and POC graduate students and their development as anti-racist educators. And so, you know, I'm very lucky in that in my role I get many opportunities for myself to even pursue my own interests uh, which as an educator that that aligns really well with my research and so i've had the chance to do quite a bit of anti-racism work at the ctl but but really the role is quite varied and and i i just see myself as a support for my peers and you know in whatever they they bring to us and that that you know can include a lot of anti-racism work but i mean especially lately i feel like i've just been working with folks on what does it mean to design a course as a teaching fellow? Right. Which has been lots of fun because we just get to sit down and I get to tell them that they know more than they think they know. Right. And that they have all these great ideas and this thing that feels really big and scary because they're so excited about it is already, you know on the ground running, you know what right. I mean? So, you know, that's that's part of it. And you, being an educational development associate is really, you know, I'm doing a lot of education development work, which is really just helping educators in higher education develop as educators. And that, that could be a number of things. And I right. will throw
2: it to you, Carolyn. Yeah, I think one of the things I love the most about educational development work is getting to sit down and chat with grad students about, you know, not only their research, but their teaching and the skills that they develop Um, in their teaching and thinking about how those skills are things that are transferable skills to the workplace but also to if they want to continue in academia uh, to thinking about you know what does their role as an educator during their time as a grad
0: student or a postdoctoral fellow mean for where they want to go in their own career right Really, really important stuff. And I like the fact you use the word that they do have transferable skills. Because as we know, a lot of times our students forget that they've got these transferable skills with all the things that they're learning. So I'm glad you brought up that. So who is the EDA team or educational development team?
1: Yeah, so Carolyn and I are two folks who are part of it, but we also wanted to make sure that we gave credit, uh, recognition and celebration <laughs> of the uh, three other folks who were on our team. We have Monica Garvey, who is a biology PhD student, Indrani uh, Kakamar, who is a PhD student at the Smith School of Business, and Nishana Ramsawak, who is a civil engineering PhD student. So we're all PhD students, and we're all we're, we're all just in the mix, trying to figure it out together. And like I said, we work with our peers, and it's very much... A, we're not an expert. We're here learning with you, and, and we're here to figure things out with you. And so, on top of that, Carolyn is our our mentor, our uh-huh,
0: supervisor, the mentor. <laughs> and that, that's us. It's a team of five. I think that's lovely. That the fact that the CTL is prepared to hire current grad students to help in this particular area, because, like you said, sometimes it's really nice peer to peer working together. Because you're understanding what you're going through right now and I know Carolyn you haven't been that far away but you have from from defending and, and getting your PhD but the further the years go on the further away you're going from what's happening today so it's probably good for you too to have the current students come and help you in, in the particular area.
2: Yeah absolutely it's really important to bring the student voice into the CTL, into the work that we do with grad students and postdocs to be able to have that peer to peer connection, but also to hear what's going on on campus in, in terms of new things happening in teaching and learning, new challenges that are arising, and to help us develop programming and ideas to support grad students.
0: That's an interesting point you put there about the challenges and new ideas because we know learning is changing in an educational system you know we're getting more experiential learning you're looking for more experiential learning and another ways of teaching in the classroom so to speak so I think that is important because I imagine our TAs see a lot of new things happening w- would you say that Clarissa over the years that you've been here
1: I, I think so and I mean the last couple of years have been... Well, they've been crazy. (laughs) Let's face it, crazy. I think think especially, like, everyone's been trying to figure it out about what it means to teach under very different circumstances Mm -hmm. than, than we've been teaching and learning under what's been interesting in working with graduate students is that we can really encourage them to think about, you know, you can teach differently than the way you may have learned, because right. there are ideas of what traditional teaching and learning looks like in university. And we have the really fun role of telling them like, well, let's, let's dream differently. Yeah. If If you could dream a way to run your tutorial section, that is more involved, that builds more relationships, that have folks more actively engaged and you being mm-hmm. in a more sort of like teacher-student and student-teacher role with your with your undergrad students, then let's try it. Let's like try it's it. it's a question of why not. And and so, you know, seeing that shift and maybe teaching assistants specifically, it's, you know, there's an exciting part of it and then there's maybe a scary part of it. But then you try and the feedback, you know, can be really cool. And it could merely it could make for something dynamic.
0: Yeah, I think that's one thing that I, I kind of forget about the acronym that you have, you know, the CTL. The second part is learning. So it's not just the teaching, not learning how to teach, but it's, it's learning in general of how can we change the, the landscape of, say, education, teaching. What do you think about that, Carolyn?
2: Yeah, I think the learning is really important. And that also comes across in what we do at the center in terms of professional development and thinking about how grad students, as learners and educators are are continuing their own learning journey of what it means to grow and develop Mm -hmm. as teachers um, in whatever they they want to choose to learn uh, for their own development.
0: No, I think that's good, because it comes down to, you know, we can change philosophies of what teaching and learning is, can't we?
2: I mean, ab- absolutely.
1: I-, I will tell you right now, my philosophy has grown and transformed and morphed in really ways that I couldn't have never, ever predicted when I started teaching or even ways I, I couldn't have, have been able to predict it when I started working at the CTL. And so I, you know, we're very growth oriented at the CTL. And mm-hmm. what we do is, is the idea of, of what is it that is exciting for you? In teaching and learning and how can you pursue it and what could that mean for what you believe as an educator and and so you know there is possibility and it like there should
0: be there should be yeah. yes I mean we, if we're not learning every day then there's something wrong with this isn't it so we can always have room for new things to come into whatever we do professionally and and, and academically so what background do grad students and postdocs need to connect with the, the CTL, both in wanting to learn more for, the, for their own careers, but also having an opportunity to maybe come and work at the CTL, because we know a lot of grad students have.
2: I would say any background and just an interest in teaching and learning. Right. We have grad students and also some of our staff at the CTL that come from backgrounds across campus. We represent science disciplines, education, humanities, and I think that's one of the strengths of the center is that we have this cross disciplinary conversation that happens around what teaching and learning looks like. So when we, you know, bring grad students in to work with us, and we try to, you know, bring in some new grad students every year, we we look for grad students that just have a genuine interest in teaching and learning. Uh, regardless of what their discipline is, we're just looking to see that you're learning to gr- wanting to grow as an educator, um, and thinking about what your teaching looks like, but also how you can help others on campus. And I would say that if you are someone who's seeking out help
1: for your own teaching and learning, you you come to us. At any point um, right. so of when you need that support, you don't have to just wait for a workshop. No, you don't. And and you know we are always available for consultations. The the EDA team and I would say that you don't even have to wait until you have a contract. You don't even have to wait until you have a TA or a TF contract. Right. If there is something you want to do in preparation, or if you're anticipating, hey, I would love to do some teaching, you know, in the future then, you know, seek us out because we're there for wherever you are at. We meet you and your questions where you're at. Um, And so, you know, the door is always open in that way. I
0: I think one thing that's important just came to my mind here. I mean, you you both mentioned that, you know, we've got people in civil engineering or in education or other fields and, you know, we have scientists and things. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but with teaching – you know, we have people across all disciplines here who are wanting to learn. You can't have someone for every single discipline in your office. So am I assuming then a lot of the, the teaching techniques or the learning that can be is transferable across all disciplines? So people don't have to think, well, they don't have any someone that understands my my field of interest or my, the work I'm currently doing. Am, am I right to assume that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's one of the the fun parts of our job is having those conversations with someone from a different discipline to talk about, you know, what are those things that we do similarly in our teaching in different disciplines, but also the things that are different and maybe the things that are signature to our particular discipline. So how I would teach something in anatomy might look very different than how Clarissa would do it in education. But the joy of the conversation is finding those similarities and finding maybe some tips or some ideas from someone from a different discipline that you can then go and try in your own teaching
0: yeah okay so i got it
1: <laughs> and and i will also say that you know a lot of those things do transfer and it's also really beneficial that it does because not every department not every faculty has a team that can help graduate students right. with their teaching mm-hmm. i mean some of them do and that's really really wonderful and beneficial but if your department or faculty doesn't, then you can still come to the CTL and be able to talk to someone about your teaching and know that you can bring that back directly, even if we're not talking, you know, specifically like we're not talking directly about what it's like to teach nursing you right. know i'm in mm-hmm. education i i don't know all the bits and pieces about your undergrad courses but i can tell you some things about active learning i right. can tell you some things about student uh, relationship building i can talk to you about anti-racism and decolonization and then you take that information and say how do i make those decisions with my expertise there's always more that educators think uh, like you know you know more than you think you know Mm -hmm. and that's why we have a really collaborative approach you know not just in the eda team but across the center in that it's very conversational and we tell you what we know about teaching and then you tell us what you know about teaching and then you tell us what you know about your discipline and then together we create something and so you know even though we we have a pretty diverse team for the eda team this year and it's really but i feel like any one of us could sit down with anyone from any discipline and have important. a really fruitful conversation
0: that's that's really important and and i think we forget that sometimes because we get pigeonholed into a certain area and go well no one else is going to understand what we need in this area well in fact they do and actually bringing in some new things ideas as well is actually going to be quite beneficial too so thank you for that so one one of the programs i, I really wanted to highlight today because this is a a big one if you guys, and and the acronym is PUTL, which is um, Professional Development in University Teaching and Learning Online Modules. So I'd love to um, explain to everyone what that is all about. So what is the PUTL module, online modules?
2: Yeah, so PUTL are the professional development modules. These are a series of online modules that are really geared towards grad students and postdoctoral fellows who want to take a kind of self-directed and, and, you know, guided online opportunity to think more about your own teaching, reflect on your experiences and to imagine what changes and what kind of innovation you can make in your own teaching journey. They're not just kind of quick click through modules. They're modules that are really going to engage you in thinking about your teaching and areas of growth. And they come across, there's seven modules right now. And they, they span a a whole bunch of different topics that you might consider growing in your own teaching journey.
1: And something I want to emphasize that Carolyn said is that it's, it's not just a read click through module the way that we've, or it's always been designed is that you get some content, you get some knowledge that you, you do sit down and you read through and you learn from, but then there's also like learning tasks where you take some of those foundational pieces and then it's flipped back on you to say like, okay, now what do I do with my learning? Where, where do I take it? Where do I further grow? Right. And I would say a chunk of the learning is by actively doing that. And, and that's something that's across all of our modules. And you know, an example of some of the, the modules we have, we, we have one on building and trying to develop a teaching philosophy statement um, on foundational teaching and learning. Uh, concepts. We have one about practical experience. We also have education leadership, um, a piece on research for about education scholarship of teaching and learning, and then we have one about accessibility. And maybe this is a good segue to to go into the two new modules we've developed and just Perfect. launched this this September.
0: Well, can I just before you jump into yeah. that hold that thought, because one of the other things that when I when I think online modules, I think. Is there any connection to a person? Is there a connection to a person in these modules or is it just doing it your own time? And what is the time commitment? And and do you do it all by yourself or as I said, do you actually have contact with a person to talk and discuss?
2: Yeah, so there's definitely contact. I think this is one of the kind of special things about these modules too, is that you're given some, some content, some opportunity to learn and reflect on your own. But then as part of that kind of active engagement piece that Clarissa was mentioning, you're going to work on kind of a development of something. So in, as an example, a piece of your teaching philosophy statement. And then how that works is then you get to act, like actively engage with one of our educational development associates in a conversation around your teaching philosophy, okay. get some feedback on it. And this is a great opportunity for then maybe a consultation to come. And then you sit down with an ed development associate to kind of talk about some of your teaching pieces. Right. So there's there's many of us on the other end of those modules that are reading submissions that come in and are, are happy to continue that conversation post-module.
1: Yeah, I, and I think that that's such an important question. Thank you for slowing me down and asking that. <laughs> two you, you, yeah, two <laughs> but I two But I think that this isn't a pass fail sort of situation. It's a how do we help you grow situation. And, and right. you know, when you do complete it, and I like to think of the modules as you know completing and or growing, uh, because it's this idea of you get to work on it until you like get as much as you can from the module, and that okay. we are there to help you sort of realize how how much you can grow from it. And as like you know, as much as it is, it is beneficial to actually be able to complete it, and say you've been able to complete this professional development piece. Our hope is that the actual learning through feedback, through conversation, through collaboration with an education development associate is the part that is valuable, is the professional development. And you get to do it on your own time. And so you get to engage in a way, like if you miss a workshop, you get to still engage with some learning by going through the PUTL modules and then not just doing it by yourself. You get to work with a peer.
0: Yeah. And I think that's important because... I know myself when i can do all sorts of modules and think oh yeah yeah i get it but do i really get it and sometimes i don't really get it until i've actually talked about it Mm -hmm. and then i go oh no i didn't really get it (laughs) so talking to others is really important
2: yeah and i think something that clarissa brought up here that's important is that these aren't kind of a timed module you don't just have an hour you don't just have you know a week to do it these are things that are open to any grad student or postdoc across campus. You can do it at any point while you're in, at Queen's. Right. So it's something that you can even start thinking about early in your, your time as a grad student or postdoc and maybe start to you know, identify as you start teaching, OK, when is the best time for me to engage in this professional development? Mm-hmm. Um, and work on it slowly over the course of your, your grad studies.
0: Very, very important. And I, and I like the fact it's not at any specific time. Because as we know, people's schedules are all different. So otherwise, it's very difficult. Okay, Clarissa, I'm going to give you the chance now. What are the new modules that are a part of this PUTL? So we have two new
1: modules that Carol and I have been developing over quite a bit of time. And we, we got to launch it this semester, which has been very exciting. But um, our sixth module is on decolonizing and indigenizing teaching Oh, fantastic! And yep. And then the seventh module is on anti-racist learning environments and you know on top of the topics themselves being really important for graduate students and postdocs to start really thinking critically about as they're developing as sort of like new or emerging educators the ways in which we've designed these modules have been different From the previous five modules like what's consistent is that we do give some foundational knowledge we do give some probing questions and you go off and and do a learning activity on your own and some growth and self-directed learning from from that piece but we've tried to make it engaging in a new way in that you know we're flipping it back and we're saying not only is this you know not just a click and read kind of module this is also a time for you to make some choices And the ways in which we hope to empower people in their learning is through a streamed approach where we have the same like learning outcomes for like no matter what. You are going to be taking away a few foundational key learning things from this module. But the way in which you engage with it, you have a choice of either one stream or the other.
0: So it's not just the traditional route, which is why you say decolonization. It's not just this is where it has to be. Yeah. You can choose.
1: You can choose. And I don't know, Carolyn, do you want to give a couple of examples of how we've done that?
2: Yeah, sure. I, I think it's it's closer to kind of a pick your own adventure to get to right. where you want your learning to be at the end of the module, which I think is, you know, a great way to start thinking about the different ways that we can maybe get to the same learning goals as, as different people and as different educators. So which a good sense. example a good example here maybe is the um, anti racist learning environment module. And we we've give some content, and then one of the options is one stream is is to write and develop a diversity statement, and this is something that might be really mm-hmm. important to grad students as you start to think about your own teaching, but also think about where your career goes and and how important writing your, a diversity statement would be for you know future academic uh, positions or for searching for those academic positions. Mm-hmm. The other stream is really about a reflection on. It's, it's developing
1: some anti-racist practices. And, and so there's a practical element to both mm-hmm. streams. It's just a matter of you choosing what am I most interested in pursuing right now. And so no right. matter what, I'm getting at the same learning objectives, whether I choose stream one or stream two, but then there's the practical aspect of what would I like to do in the classroom, or there's a the practical aspect of if i had to sit down and think really really critically of what my anti-racist practice is and then potentially tell someone who may be interviewing me like right. what does that look like in a diversity statement you get to choose what that looks like and again there there is still a growth aspect to it but the the choice is then flipping it back on you and saying okay how am i going to go about this in a really accountable way because i have to do this more actively it's not just me sort of looking and reading and reflecting on my own i'm actually producing something that can be in conversation with an ed associate an educational development associate that was the the form that we're kind of experimenting with i think especially since covid and a lot of things being flipped online Carolyn and i sat to down together and say, like, well, what could inquiry look like learning look like mm-hmm. for a module that is self-paced, self-directed, but is still engaging folks in different ways? And so part of that is us being educators in ourselves and saying, let's try something new. Let's take a risk and and let's see what happens. And we were lucky to pilot it. And we had a group of um, excellent graduate students who, who were able to tell us some very real feedback about if this format worked and we got, you know, we made some tweaks based on their feedback. But then the, the overall sort of um, input was that this this was engaging. I did get something out of this. I am thinking a little bit more critically about what I do in the classroom.
0: Now, I'm glad you brought up about these new modules and things, because as we know, we are looking at how can we change the learning experience or how to learn, um, getting away from the the old structures that we had before that. This is the curriculum, and do not stray from the curriculum, so to speak. So, I think this is really important, but it's also important for us to make sure our grad students and postdocs n- are aware that this is something that they should be considering, not just in teaching, but in everything actually that we're doing. And perhaps I need to take it to listen to see what, what goes on in it, because I think as we're all, the environment in academia is changing so much, and we're not always fast at changing. But it's having modules like this that the CTL is putting forward, which, which is going to help all of us um, realize, you know, there are different ways that we can we can help with teaching and learning. Here's some examples. So really happy about that.
2: And I think one thing for these modules that's important for us to comment to is e- any grad student can take the modules. and it's really, it's helpful to have teaching experience to reflect on as you do them. You don't have to be an expert in the topic already to start the module and start kind of your own learning on that topic. Some modules would be easier to do kind of earlier as you're just starting your teaching journey. But all of these modules are something that you can go in and start to look at in OnCue and and look at the different resources that are in there and the content and uh, just to know that you don't have to be an expert to start and to start exploring those topics.
0: I think you just have to be willing and have an open mind, right, to see what's 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 out there and how we can change. So, with that, I mean, talk about fascinating. And that's just one program that the CTL puts on puts out there for, for grads and postdocs. And I know you have one that you normally you start and begin. In fact, it's already started, hasn't it? The SGS nine hundred two, which is an important program as well, which is accredited program. Um, so people, sh- you know, I know it's already started, but people should keep an eye out for that for when it gets um, scheduled each year.
2: Yeah, so typically in SGS 902, it's a credit course that's offered uh, most often in the winter term um, through the Center for Teaching and Learning. And it's for grad students who um, are really interested in teaching and learning and want to take kind of a full semester credit course that explores kind of all of these areas of, of teaching and learning
0: in a bit more depth. So well f- first of all thank you very much for, for talking about all this but how do how do our students and postdocs get in contact with the ADA, EDA team
1: So we do have an email address that folks can email and then it goes directly to our team it is
2: Yeah we have a tough email address <laughs> so it's ta and like an ampersand grad g r a d c t l at queensu.ca The easier option is just to email the CTL directly at ctl at queensu.ca and just say you're a grad student or a postdoctoral fellow and anything that you email in uh, to the CTL will find its way to the EDA team. Yeah, for sure.
1: And and something else I want to mention is that on the CTL website, we have a web page specifically for graduate and postdoc. Programming, And if you're interested mm-hmm. in registering in PUTL, it's, uh, you do it through OnCube, but we have a link on that webpage that will directly link you to that process. And so, you know, if you want to get in touch with us, there's a few ways, email the CTL, but then just go to our website to see what's available and how to access that.
2: And take some time maybe if you can to explore the website because yeah. not only is mm-hmm. it, you know, the people power of those of us in the CTL who are willing to talk to you, But we do have a lot of resources on the website. We have a TA toolkit that has information for TAs at various stages of your TA career. We have, um, like Clarissa mentioned, our programming for grads and postdocs, which is um, events that happen throughout the year, workshops, um, and all kinds of other resources on different kind of specific areas of teaching and learning that you might be looking for a resource, a paper, a reference, or just something else to give you some ideas.
0: And and that's very sound advice because you what I've noticed about the CTL website, you're constantly bringing in new information. So it's not one of those websites that, pretty much the same except for the home page, you are constantly putting a lot of different things in there. So it's, it is an important one. And so if a, a grad student wants to beca- become a part of the EDA program, or maybe put names forward to be part of the team, how would they do that in a similar vein?
2: Yeah, so we do tend to bring in new EDAs every year. It's a team that kind of rotates through so that we bring some new grad voices into the CTL. Typically, there's a call that will go out and be circulated in the spring for our EDA team. And we try to get it into all of the departments for it to get to, to all of the grad students. Um, but watching the CTL website and our social media or our newsletter in the spring for, for those kind of grad student opportunities or throughout the year, if we have anything else that... Uh, Typically, our newsletter and our social media are a great way to keep in touch with what we're doing. And
1: I would say that even, you know, even if you want to sort of figure out if this program or the EDA role is right for you, the best thing to do is just come to and like engage with our programming, come to our workshops, maybe sign up uh, with PUTL and do a couple of modules or or the whole program uh, or book a consultation. Do something that that will familiarize you with what the CTL is, what our philosophy is, and maybe start to think about how do I align? Is this a really rich opportunity for me to put to apply and maybe become a part of the team? And, and also it's, it's good to sort of just figure out what it means to work in a team that's dedicated to teaching and learning right. and how that could help you fully develop as an educator yourself in your own practice and so I would say to any graduate students who are are potentially thinking of applying to be an EDA um, come out and actually talk to us in some capacity I like the way that I found my way to the to the EDA team was you know one of my committee members actually told me about this job but then even before I applied to it I did some PUTL modules and it was interesting because they really surprised me in the way, like I didn't realize the ways in which I was growing as an educator until I started asking my, some, my, myself some, some of, of the questions. questions that were in the, the PUTL module. The one that that I really that really stuck out to me was the education leadership one, where I was just sort of doing education leadership already with being engaged with my faculty. But then I had to sit down and actually think about, oh, what did this like what did this mean for my pedagogy? Right. And so it was a pretty cool experience, and and that helped me figure out how do I land. Within the center, um, philosophically, even so. So that's something I would I would really recommend, and I would love to meet you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Living examples, we yes. love it, right? <laughs> well, we've actually come to the end. We're going to have to call it quits there, as I say. So, Carolyn Clarissa, thank you very much for coming on the show and. Showing us what the Centre for Teaching and Learning is and what it can do to support our students and postdocs. And to be honest, let's face it, it, that ultimately means supporting the whole of the university. So really appreciate you both taking the time to come on and talk with us. And please, everyone, don't forget, go and check out the website and see what's there because there's lots of great information.
1: Thank you so much,
0: Colette. Thanks, Colette. (laughs) They're my buddies, so I'm contacting them all the time. (laughs) So that's it, everyone. A- another week of Grad Chat sadly comes to an end. Don't forget you can download the show tomorrow from either iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher. Just type in a Grad Chat. Until next week, this is CJ the DJ signing off with a big hooray.